Thank you, Pastor. Thank you. God bless you. Alrighty. Let's uh, go ahead and turn to Acts chapter number 18 uh, in your Bible. We'll take uh, our reading from there. Boy, it's a, it's a blessing to be here. And, uh, you know, some, some good things have been happening that we, we should celebrate and be glad for. And, uh, you know, I commend you on, uh, uh, first of all, supporting the meetings at Faith. Just because... Um, you're singing and just what you did there, that really helped them. They, they, were, they, they were encouraged by that and uh, it strengthened that church. And we ought to be about trying to strengthen local churches. That's, that's, that's what we should do. And uh, wherever they are and, uh, and rejoice in what God is doing in all places that preach the gospel and believe the word of God and uh, so that was a blessing that you were able to do that. And then I know that a number of you went to the, uh, the conference in the Philippines for uh, the Asia region, the leadership conference that was there. And I heard that that went very, very well. And uh, that's worth rejoicing. People surrendered to go to the field. Uh, others were strengthened and encouraged. And that's good for us. That's good for our region. This is where we live. Uh, this, is our, this is our area, Asia's our area, and uh, so, you know, praise God, we, we, we rejoice in that, that was, that was a good report to hear that. Uh, uh, Soren is where? Where is he? Is he here? Anyway, I'm rejoicing in the, in the report of uh, his working and, uh, and what he's going to do. That's wonderful for Australia, and, and uh, that's the very thing that we pray about. And uh, I was so happy to, to uh, hear that good report that Pastor was able to uh, share with me. I asked questions. Uh, I want to know more. And, uh, and I want more of our churches in Australia to be aware that that's happening and uh, get behind that. Look, any time uh, someone surrenders their life to go and serve the Lord, the least we can do is get behind that and uh, support those people and pray for them. And, and give towards uh, what they're doing for the Lord. So that, that was a great report. That encouraged me. I like good news stories. That was, that was great. Uh, that's the very thing we're wanting to see happen uh, in, our, in our churches. And so, uh, you know, I just rejoice in that. And I, I, I want to talk more and I want to learn more. So that was, that was a blessing. And then uh, EJ came over to us in, uh, in January to Thailand. And thank you for sending him. Uh, we, we needed a conference speaker. We needed someone. And I had been, I'd been praying and sort of, you know, and then the, the, the Thais said to me, can, can you really, you know, is, is there someone you know who, who, would, who could help us, who, who could preach for us, who would be a blessing? And, uh, and I was trying to think, and it, there wasn't a lot of time with that. It was kind of short notice. And I prayed, and I, I felt that God put EJ on my heart. And I thought, uh, I'm going to have to make the call to pastor and say, can you please send me one of your staff people at your expense and uh, help us over here? And I said, Lord, are you, is this really you? And, I, and anyway, I felt make the call. So I, I, I called pastor and uh, he said he'd pray about that and talk. And well, it turned out that EJ came. But he was a blessing. He, he was a real blessing. And and uh, he just connected with the Thai people. And, uh, you know, you can tell when people come and they just have a, uh, a really genuine desire to see God work. And, and they just, they feel that what, what's happening is uh, Christ in them uh, is loving the people that they come in contact. That's, that's what you see. And uh, so he came and and, uh, and preached and did a great job. And uh, he and I hardly talked. I'm, I'm not sure we had much more than a five-minute conversation the whole time. I probably talked more with him here than I did over there. Uh, and then I had to go on and, 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 and do a little bit in America before I uh, got back to here. Uh, but that was a blessing. So, look, praise God. Good things are happening. Uh, let's rejoice in that.
it is worth it. Stay faithful to your church. Uh, all of these things that we talk about, all the conferences, people going, other countries, uh, it, all, it all rests on the, on the foundation of solid local churches. In other words, if you, if you take the local church out of the equation, you don't have any of the other things. You've got to have strong local churches. And I thank God for those of you tomorrow who will go home uh, tonight, you'll wake up in the morning and you'll make your way through the traffic and the, you know, the trains and the traffic and all the, and you'll go to work and uh, you'll put in a, 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 your labor, you'll give of yourself your work and uh, you'll come home tired, you'll try and take care of your family, then you'll do it again the next day and you'll do it day in and day out so that you would have the resources to help the work of God. And that's what makes sense of secular employment. It doesn't make sense if you're just living for yourself. If you're only working to buy a bigger boat uh, or a new car, you know, look, if you, whatever you need, you need. But, but I'm just saying, if you're just working for yourself, you know, you have a right to say, well, what's all this about? You know, what's, what's the point? Uh, but, but the point is, when you when you're working and you're giving and you're tithing and you're giving to missions and you're supporting your local church, you are a very, very important part of everything God is doing all over the world. And thank you to those of you who will go tomorrow. Uh, thank you to the men, the ladies, those who will be tired, those who support those who go and labor. And, and, you know, when you get to the end of the week and you come to this uh, Sunday comes around, the first day of the week, come to the church with your tithes and offerings. It's, it's your presentation to Jesus that you laboured for that week. Come, come and bring, bring to the master uh, that which is worthy to be given to him and present it to him. And, uh, and, and it's a, an important part of your walk with God. And that's what you do on the first day of the week. We teach the Thai people that. Uh, we say you give through the local church, but you give to God just through the local church. You're not giving to us. You give it to the Lord. You present it to the Lord. And that's what makes sense of all that you do. Uh, the hard days, sometimes the people you have to work with, and it can get a bit rough, and you're tired. And, uh, you know, you, you've noticed that even when you're tired and you give your all, it doesn't stop stuff happening in your family and and all kinds of other things go on, and there's just a lot on us. But, but, but if, you, if, you, if you're working, if you're giving, if you're tithing, if you're, if you're helping the Lord's work, this is what's important. And you know what it does? It sanctifies your work. It sanctifies your work, and it makes it, it, makes it as unto the Lord. And I want you to think about your work that way, because, because 95 97% of people, uh, that's what they'll do. And God will use them in the local church. If you didn't come tonight, we wouldn't have had a meeting. We, we have a meeting tonight because you assembled together. And you didn't assemble together tonight in the name of Pastor Hernan. You assembled together tonight in the name of Jesus. And you're here as people who he's redeemed and saved. And, uh, and you're here to say, we haven't forgotten and, uh, and, and, and we love you. And today, on this first day of the week, we remember that you rose from the dead and conquered death for us on the first day of the week. And that's why we get together. Church is important, that we assemble together, we strengthen. And you know what the devil does? He tries to, he tries to get your mind off the real reasons and get you on to other reasons. And, and listen, when, when, you, when you take Christ out of spirituality, it, it's not, you know, you can get negative really quick. If you're just looking at people and you're not looking at God, you, can, you might get discouraged or you might get a little negative. You mustn't do that. You always need to remember why you do what you do. And that's what you need to teach your children. We go to church for Jesus. We, we, we go to church to honor the Lord. We give for the Lord. And, and if you keep the Lord in the right place, you won't be put off balance too easily by all the other things. So praise God. Praise God for you. Thank God for this place. Uh, years and years and years, uh, God has allowed me to come here. 
And, uh, and many of you, you were here the first time I ever came, and you're still here. And thank God. We, we appreciate that. Our children need to see faithful people. Our children need to see, look, even when life throws its worst at us, uh, we're going to keep going for the Lord. You know, I, I said to someone just last week, they were complaining about something, this and that and the other, and I said, look, I said, you can decide for yourself what you're going to do about that, but as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. It's a settled issue for me. It's just, it, it's settled. My place is in the local church. My place is serving God. I, I want to be around the songs of God. I, I want to hear that. I want to be around when people sing the specials and, and they, uh, uh, they cause us to think of truths and they draw us close to God. That's my place. I want to be around the Word of God. I want to be there when someone opens a King James Bible and uh, preaches the Word of God. I, I want to be in the church because that's where Jesus is. So it's a settled issue for me. Come, come what may, uh, you know, I, I, I'm here. And as for me and my house... We're going to serve the Lord. There's no, you know, whatever anyone else does. Uh, that's what Joshua said. He said, you can decide for yourself. If you, if, you, if you reckon it's better over there with the Canaanites, if you reckon that their gods are better, well, that's up to you. You can work that out. But as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. And you've just got to come to that place where that's what you say. Well, you know, come what may, as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. So I praise God for good, good reports, good things happening for you. Uh, being in church, this place, you do so much more than you realize you do. You know, in boxing, we have a term, if someone is a little smaller, but they're still, they, still they, they say they punch above their weight. It means that they're, they're doing more than their size would indicate. And this is a church that punches above your weight. You, you do more. Uh, more for missions and you help people and people get saved and you strengthen others and, and you're, it's important. That's why God has sustained you uh, because, because uh, you keep him in the right place and you have your lampstand. And so thank God for you. Thank you for all you do. Uh, I, I think you see when Joe comes up here, I don't script Joe what to say. Uh, Joe comes up here, he just has an attachment here and he feels like a connection. And, uh, and I'm glad for that. Uh, I, you know, isn't it good that we're at the place where we all rejoice in what God is doing uh, in, in someone else's life, someone else's church, someone else's place? If Jesus is doing it, we're all glad. We're, we're all glad. And that's what it's like when you, when you love each other. You're just really happy about what God is doing for other people. So, so praise God. Thank you for allowing me to come. Acts chapter 18. Let's read from verse number 5 through to verse number 11, and then I have, uh, it's a three-point sermon, there's 75 sub-points, but uh, there's a three-point sermon, it's not much, uh, but just a few thoughts that I hope uh, might help you. Uh, you know, uh, just remind you as we're about to read this, uh, the Word of God has been given to us to help and instruct us. We don't have everything in the Word of God. We, we, don't, we don't have everything in the life of Paul. We don't have all the things that David ever did. But what we do have, we have selected things, selected accounts, selected uh, stories, events, where God said, put that in the Word of God because they'll need that. Put, put that in the Word of God because that will help them with this. And so everything in our Bible, in the Word of God, is God's gift to us to help us in our understanding, to help us with our problems, to help us to know our duty, to help us to understand Him better. Uh, it's all here for a reason. And, uh, and as you read it, the Holy Spirit will illuminate that to you, and sometimes He'll give it to preachers and teachers, and they'll illuminate it or or they'll preach it and God will give understanding. So uh, that's just the, the preface there. Verse number 5 of Acts chapter 18. And when Silas and Timotheus were come from Macedonia, Paul was pressed in the spirit and testified to the Jews that Jesus was Christ. And when they opposed themselves 
and blasphemed, he shook his raiment and said unto them, Your blood be upon your own heads. I'm clean. From henceforth I will go unto the Gentiles. And he departed thence and entered into a certain man's house named Justice, one that worshipped God, whose house joined hard to the synagogue. And Crispus, the chief ruler of the synagogue, believed on the Lord with all his house. And many of the Corinthians, hearing, believed and were baptised. Then spake the Lord to Paul in the night by a vision, Be not afraid, but speak and hold not thy peace, for I am with thee, and no man shall set on thee to hurt thee, for I have much people in this city. And he continued there a year and six months, teaching the word of God among them. All right, so I want to draw your attention in particular to verse number 9 and 10 and uh, see that God, God came to uh, Paul uh, in the night. And what you understand by that, this was a personal word for Paul. Now, we, we have it in the word of God. I'm sure Paul probably shared it, probably told somebody, but God wanted us to have that. But this was a personal word that the Lord said to Paul. And uh, when God says these kind of things, he normally says it because he knows that we need to hear it at that time. Uh, Sometimes when we think about the Apostle Paul, we can think that he was sort of a superman. And uh, we sometimes, we sometimes uh, in our uh, stories and in our reading of his life, we sometimes elevate him uh, beyond the status of flesh. Uh, uh, we don't mean to do that, but sometimes we read about Paul and Paul and Paul and Paul did and Paul did. And, and we kind of can have in our mind that Paul was just this uh, superman who just powered through living for the Lord and, uh, you know, just nothing seemed to bother him. But, but actually, uh, Paul was a man, and I think, I think he's the greatest Christian. And I, I think he was gifted to us uh, as an example to us of somebody who follows Christ. And, uh, and so much that we have, you know, God gave uh, through Paul. I, I, think he's, I think he's a great, great, I think probably the greatest uh, follower of Jesus in our church age, in this uh, Christian Era, but nonetheless, Paul was a man, and uh, Paul felt things, and and like you do, uh, when Paul had things happen to him, it wasn't like he just sort of brushed it off, and it never bothered him. Uh, that wasn't the case. In Acts chapter fourteen, Paul was preaching uh, a bit like he was here, and uh, and uh, he was not. Uh, uh, well, for a moment, for a while, he seemed to be received, but but very quickly, people rose up against him in Acts chapter fourteen, and certain Jews uh, attacked him, and they stoned him. And uh, understand, they stoned him. They picked up large rocks, and if you had one thrown at you, that wouldn't be good. I remember one time, was we was preaching the gospel in Tasmania, and someone didn't like it, and they graffitied our house through the night with spray paint. And letters six foot high, uh, very bad things they put all across our house in the night. Then they threw rocks through our window, rocks about the size of my fist. And I remember we had to move the children uh, into the bedroom with us to make sure they were okay. Uh, but Paul was stoned, but probably not with rocks that big, probably with bigger rocks. And not just one or two, but, but they threw them at him. And I, I want you to understand, that would have been a very traumatic experience. He was left for dead, and he probably was dead. But, but God revived him, and he was able to get up and keep going. And then uh, he got to Acts chapter 16, and uh, he was preaching again and, uh, and telling people about Jesus. Uh, and he was beaten, and uh, he was, uh, he was uh, beaten with stripes. It means he was whipped, scourged, stripes because it left marks on you. And uh, he, he, was, he was beaten, he was thrown by a crazy mob into prison. 
Now, one particular time, uh, I was on a road trip, you know, at night up in upcountry Thailand, and we came across an incident. Someone had been knocked down on a motorcycle. It was a lady. The car in front had knocked her down. She was all tangled up in this motorcycle. She was bleeding from the back of her head. There was no lights on the road. Uh, we stopped the car, and I got out, and I was with her and, and, you know, and held her hand, and I reached in and found in her purse a, a cheap Nokia phone that had all blood on it, and I handed it to Joe. It was very... I handed it to Joe. I said, Joe, go through the last calls and try to find her family or someone, call someone. And while I was sitting on the road with her and holding, I could feel her squeezing my hand. And I was telling her in Thai, I'm here. I'm not going to leave you. I'm going to help you. And, and I, was, I was down on the road with her. And uh, when they called the family, the family arrived. And in the upset of the moment, in the emotions of the moment, uh, the family, first of all, they started screaming and wailing. Then they threw themselves back. Some fell on the bonnets of the cars and on the road. And, and there was this great outpouring of, of uh, upset. And then they looked at me and they started shouting, he killed her. He, he did this. The, 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 the foreigner, the farang, he, he, he killed her. And they got quite worked up. And uh, that mob got quite stirred up and I had two of my men there, Joe was there and O was there, and they had to come and get me off the road and get me, get me back into the car. They said, get in the car, get in the car. And uh, some people were shouting, no, no, he's helping, he's good. And other people were saying, he killed her, he killed And uh, it was like a mob thing broke out and uh, I had to get in the car and uh, they, they shut me in and eventually... An ambulance came after a long while, took her away. But I'm just saying, when you get caught in a crazy mob situation, it's really scary. It's, it's, quite, it's quite frightening. And potentially, anything can happen. People can kill you. And, uh, and, and they can get quite worked up. And if they kill you and find out you're not the one who did it, they'll be sorry in the morning, but you'll still be dead. And uh, that's what can happen in those situations. So in Acts chapter 14, he went through a situation like that. In Acts chapter 16, after preaching, uh, a crowd got in a great frenzy and came against him. And now you get to Acts chapter 18, and, and here's what I'm thinking he's thinking. He's thinking it's happening again. You ever, feel, you ever been there? It's happening again. And uh, he's already been through a really bad situation uh, and it's affected him. And you say, well, you don't know that. Well, no, I do know that because God had to comfort him and God had to say some things to him that tells us what he was feeling. So, so God had to say to him, be not afraid. Do you know who you say that to? You say that to someone who is afraid. You say that to someone who's getting frightened. Be not afraid. Be not afraid. And, and God had to say that. And uh, God had to say to him, hold not your peace. Because why do you say that? Because he was thinking that I, I think I better stop. I think I better, I think I better not do this again. I, better not, I, don't, I don't want this to happen again. And uh, God had to come to him in the night and tell him with what was going on here that, that it was going to be okay. And God said in verse number 10, I, I'm with thee. And God told him, uh, no man shall set on thee to hurt thee. God said to him, look, you're not going to be attacked by a mob here. It's okay. Now, you know, when I read that, and I read those words of comfort, and I read the, the very personal nature of that, it just tells me something about the goodness of God. It... it, it it tells me how wonderful God is that he would look at his man or look at any of us and God would say, uh, you know, I know what you're feeling and, and you're traumatized and you're scared and that God would come and say, it's going to be okay. You know what God was saying to him? God was saying to him, Paul, this time is not going to be like that time. 
And sometimes we need to hear that. This time is not going to be like that time. Because we can go through some things that affect us. And, uh, and that's what God was doing here. He was coming to him and he was loving him. And, and, and I just, you understand, this moves me because I've had God do this to me. I've had God just come and, and meet me at the place of my weakness and my infirmities and my fears and just tell me, Wayne, I'm with you. And just, just let me know that I'm here and it's going to be okay. And uh, it just means a lot. You know, look, no one else has a God like that. You, don't, you won't read of this anywhere else. You won't, you won't come across this in any of the other gods or uh, the, the other deities that people uh, worship and such. You, you won't come across this. This is just unique to our God. No one is like our God. There isn't anyone like him. There's, there's no one like him who's so powerful yet so caring to that which is so weak. There's, there's no one like that. And by the way, when God gets in you, you should be like that. You, that should start coming out in you. That when you see people suffering, that you come along beside them. When you see people who've gone through things and, and, and they're, they're struggling, that you, you get in and you give a word of comfort. and It's just so wonderful. And, uh, and so the Lord comes and speaks to him in the night. I want to say, first of all, that we do get affected <coughs> by the bad things that have happened to us in the past. Um, we do. We are affected. No, nobody, well, not many people, and if it's bad enough, nobody, goes through really bad things and uh, just sort of forgets it ever happened. You start to go on, but when you've been, something really, been through something really bad, something really upsetting, something really damaging, it affects you. And nobody's denying that that happens. And certainly God is not denying that that happens. We, we do get affected by the things that have happened to us in the past. But we do have a God who understands us and understands that, that we do get affected. You know, God told the Israelites uh, soon after they met him, soon after he was leading them out, as he was introducing himself to them, he said, I am the Lord that healeth thee. That's one of the things God said to them. I am the Lord that healeth thee. Oh, that's a, that's a good name. We, we could do with some of that. I'm the Lord that healeth thee. You know, God can, uh, God doesn't just heal broken bodies, but God can also heal broken hearts and wounded spirits and God is able to to heal you with that and I, I want to tell you for certain that tonight that that God can God can help you in your mind God can help you with the wounds that you're carrying uh, God can help you with the things that maybe happened before and it's still affecting you and God is able to deliver you from that. God is able to help you. Jesus said, Come unto me, all ye who are weary and heavy laden, and I will give you rest. And Jesus is still able to do that. He's able to heal and help us with those things. Number two is this. We must not let a bad thing from the past stop us from receiving a good thing now. We mustn't let a bad thing that happened before stop us from getting a good thing that God is trying to give us now. And sometimes people who have a, who've had a bad thing happen before uh, double punish themselves by, by not allowing any other good thing to come into their life. Uh, I try to help people in Thailand in different ways, uh, through ministry, through preaching, through teaching, through care, uh, through just getting alongside people, through spending time, uh, but also through giving. I, I, I give and I have a lot of opportunity to give and, I, and uh, you know, I give because I just think you should do that. 
And uh, sometimes I give and help people, and I like the fact that I can give and help, and it makes a difference in people's lives, and God has used that. Uh, but sometimes I'll give, and I'll go to give to somebody something, and uh, I'll say, please, just, in fact, it happened at church. Uh, there's, a, there's a young man who got saved, and young, I'm going to say 15, uh, Mac, got saved in our church uh, a few months ago. And uh, he's, he was kind of a lonely boy. And he started to, started to come to church on his own. Uh, and he got saved. And, and, you know, it just sort of really, it really just clicked for him. It reminds me a little bit of me when I got saved when I was 13. And it just seems like God has just sort of pulled him in a little bit. And God has just said, I'll take care of you. And he has a really, it's not easy for him in his home. And they're often, uh, they're quite poor. They, they, they don't have much. And he has to, he takes care of his younger brother. Uh, and they sometimes, you know, they don't have much food and they don't have much. They might, you know, if they have nothing to eat, they might get a, a 30 cent bag of noodles and they'll share it. And they, they just don't have much. It's just, but he never tells you that. Uh, if you didn't know, you wouldn't know. He just comes to church. And you know what he does? He sings. And uh, he didn't know he could sing. And we didn't know he could sing, but he sings. And he's got a gift in that he can sing. And so he's just like, oh, uh, you know, discovered this thing that, that God had put in him. And so he sings for the Lord. And he sings God's songs and, and he does that. And, and not only that, he's been picking up English. And, and my wife works with a choir and works with, you know, some of the, uh, the younger people in the music and such. And and she was having lunch. You know, we have lunch after church uh, uh, every, every week. And uh, we were sitting there and she was talking and she said, and he likes her. And, and she said, Matt, you know, they were talking in English. And then she said, oh, your English is really good. And she said, who, who, taught, you, who taught you English? And he went, you did. She said, I did. She, he said, you did. You've taught me everything. And uh, she was, oh. And it's just, 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 you know, he's just had a rough go of it. So I went up to him one day and I had a certain amount of money that I wanted to give him that I knew that probably nobody had ever given him before. And so I went up to him and I, I, I felt, the, I felt the, God, the Spirit of God directing me to do that. I went up to him and I reached it out to give it to him and he looked at what was in my hand and he went, And he started backing away like, like this can't be, this can't be true. This, there must be some catch to this. There must be some, it must be, how could this just, like free? How, how could it be this way? Well, well, it was free and there was no catch. And it was just that God was trying to do a good thing for him but he, he, he was scared to receive it. Hello? God was trying to do a good thing for him, but he was scared to receive it. And, uh, and uh, I had to persuade others to persuade him uh, to take it. And uh, finally he did. And sometimes what happens is, because you've had a bad thing happen in the past, it can stop you from receiving the good things that God is trying, listen to me, God is trying to give you. And so what you've got to do, you've got to get a deliverance from this thing in your life. You, you've got to get free of this because, because this isn't just an event from your past. This is affecting you right now. This is, this is hindering you. From, from what the Lord is trying to do. And we must not let a bad thing of the past stop us from receiving a good thing that God was trying to do. Now, what was happening here is that Paul had intersected the Corinthians. And we have two big books in our Bible, letters that he wrote to the Corinthians. And Paul would say about them, he, what was actually going to happen, he was going to develop a really good relationship with these people. And it was true. This time was not the same as that time. 
this time was different. He, he wasn't going to be set upon this time. Uh, he, it wasn't going to go, you know, belly up this time. God was with him. And in fact, he would go on and stay there a year and a half. And he would develop really beautiful relationships with people that he would win to Christ and teach and he would love them. And he would say about his love for them later when he wrote to them years later, he would say, he would say, I abundantly love you. He used that word. And he would say about them, uh, I'm willing to spend and be spent for you. And this beautiful thing was happening right here. And God had to say to him, Paul, don't run away from this. Don't, don't, don't fear what's happening here. Don't, don't let the dark clouds of what happened before uh, blot out the light that God is trying to give you now. And uh, that's, that's what was going on here. And so we mustn't let the bad things that have happened before uh, stop us from receiving uh, the good things that God wants to do for us now. And, and if you are troubled in your spirit, if there is a uh, constant rehearsing in your mind of certain events and they keep being played out, what's happening there is the devil is trying to hold you in a place that time has moved on from. And uh, God, when God tells us who he is, God says he's the I am, not the I was. And the reason that he's the I am is that God is the God of the present. God is with us tonight. Isn't that wonderful? What a privilege of this church age that here we are and here he is also. It's so wonderful. He's here tonight, and, uh, and uh, he's here tonight uh, to, to, to do his will and his work uh, in us and amongst us, and uh, we should not resist the moving of the Holy Spirit any time that we get together and God is with us. Uh, you will be, uh, you might be taken back. To, to know how much God knows of you and what you feel and what you're going through. And so we mustn't let those bad things of the past stop us uh, from receiving what the Lord wants to do for us now. The Bible says of Jesus, for we have not an high priest which cannot be touched with the feeling, that's an interesting word, the feeling of our infirmities, uh, we don't we don't have we don't have in Jesus someone who would look at you and say, "Well, I just don't understand that." You'll never hear that from Jesus. We we have a Savior who has been touched with the feeling of our infirmities. Jesus can say. I know what that feels like. When we say, but, but I was betrayed by somebody uh, that I really loved and cared about and, and I tried to do everything good to them and I was betrayed by that, Jesus can say, I know how that feels. You say, well, you know, I had things happen to me that were just not fair. And it was not right what was done to me. I was not deserving of what happened to me. And Jesus would say, I understand that. I, I know what you're feeling. And so we have somebody in the Lord who understands what we're feeling, but can help us, can help us with that. And you don't want to be missing Something God is trying to do with you, with your family, uh, around you, 
the next step, whatever it is. You, you don't want to miss the blessing that was right there because you're still paining from things that have happened before. You need a deliverance and you need God to loose that from you so that you can uh, have your wounded spirit healed and, uh, and, and do what you're supposed to do. And lastly, uh, the third thing, my third point here is God said to Paul, you must not hold your peace. Now that's a saying, to hold your peace is to not talk, is to hold in what you were going to say. And God came to him and God said, uh, hold not thy peace. Now I believe God said that because I think he was thinking about holding his peace. He was thinking about, uh, but if I speak up, they might graffiti my house again. If I, if I preach this, they might throw rocks at me through the window again. Uh, if, if I preach this, uh, they might threaten me again. And, and he, was, he, was, he was, I'm sure, thinking about what to do. But the Lord came to him and said, Paul, you've got to speak. You've got to. Paul, this is what you do. This is what you do. You were shaped for this. You were shaped for this. He shaped you for this. And he says, you don't hold back. You must, you, you do the thing. Speak for the Lord. Go, go, go forth in the name of Christ and preach the gospel. And, and tell, and, and God was saying, Paul, I've got a lot of people in this city. That's what he said. Now, that didn't mean that there'd been a lot of people saved already. But what he was saying was, you speak, and I know there are people here, and they're going to believe. They're just waiting for your message. You've got it. You, you're just what they're looking for. You know what the answer is. And I, I shaped you and I prepared you and I placed you and now, Paul, you mustn't hold it in. Uh, preach and give it out and take your moment and, uh, and speak. Don't be afraid, Paul. That's what he said. And I want to say that we have to be that way. We must speak the gospel. Uh, people come to Christ by hearing the same message that brought us to Christ. And it's given to us to, 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 to speak. And we don't always understand we can be at the very edge of a great harvest and not know how close we are. And not really understand that, that they're out there. They're out there. Every day when I drive around Nakonsawan, when I'm out and about every day, uh, I will see people at various, uh, you know, altars and statues and such, and many times they're young people. And, and I will see them standing there and they're praying. And they're praying, they're praying very fervent prayers. And sometimes they're weeping while they're praying. And the reason they've gone out to those places is they've encountered something where they know they need something beyond themselves. But this is all they've been taught. No, nobody, nobody told them, well, there's a living God who made the world and he made you and he's powerful to, to, to help you. And <coughs> if you pray to him, they don't know that. But you know it. You know it. You know what the answer is. You know who to pray to. You know who is able. You know. And God said, Paul, don't, don't, you can't hold it in because of something that happened before. You know, when I got saved, I was in a public high school in Brisbane, a fairly rough kind of a place, and I was with a rough group of people. And when I got saved, I was the only one saved. When I went to school, I was so excited about being a Christian that I wanted to tell, and I did tell everyone. 
I just, I, you know, never mind peer pressure or any of that. I just blurted it out to everyone I could. I thought this was the best thing that could ever happen to anybody. And I still believe that, by the way. I still believe that. And I just started, well, you know what? Not everybody received it. Not everybody received it. A couple of times they picked me up and threw me against a fence and, you know, we're going to we'll do whatever, whatever. A couple of times I lashed out myself and I shouldn't have, but, but and then they threw fruit at me and did various things. They invented really witty names, really, really cruel, witty names that they would all say together and laugh. And uh, they mocked. None of that silenced me. None of that silenced me. In fact, it's probably why I'm standing before you tonight, still saying the same things. Because I know what's true. And I know, I know, I know the reality of this. And I know that, that heaven and hell are real. And I know that if you die in your sins, in just a second, you'll descend through the earth and you'll, go, you'll, you'll realize that you are in torment and fire. And you'll realize that everything that, 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 that you were saying and you, about God wasn't true and he's really there and you'll know it. And in that fire, you'd be wishing that somebody would go back and talk to your family so they wouldn't have to come to that fire. Uh, that's, what, that's the truth. I, I, I know that hell is there. I, I know tonight that there are millions there. I know that if someone dies in their sins, there's no hope. There's no second chance. Uh, nobody's going to pray you out of a middle place somewhere. Uh, if you die in your sins, you and your sins are together forever. And you cannot come before holy God. You'll, people think that you, you, you die in your sins and you, you get to heaven and God sort of weighs up the good and the bad and decides whether you come into heaven. You'll get nowhere near heaven. You'll never see heaven. If you die in your sins, you don't even get to go there. The best you'll ever see of God is what you saw in this life. That's his creation, his, uh, that's all you'll ever, you'll never see another thing more than that. Heaven is not given to those who have sin, but we all have sin. But when we come to Jesus, he makes us clean. He washes us in his blood. And, uh, and God allow, and I know that's true. And I'm just saying, you won't silence me. We, we need to preach. You need to preach. You, you need to go to work tomorrow and not be ashamed and, and just... Say what is true. You, if you're on social media, you ought to be a little more proactive for Christ because there's sure a lot of folks proactive for the devil. There's a lot of slander and, and abuse out there directed at God. And if you're going to be on there, uh, then you, ought, you at least better speak up. Better you speak about Jesus than put up pictures of your spaghetti plate and uh, tell everybody what you had for dinner. Why don't you, if you're going to be on there, why don't you do some good? Oh, well, all my friends. Yeah, well, it'll be good for them to know. Be good for them to know. Be good for you to identify and, uh, and say who you are and uh, speak up. And, and, you know, not enough people are speaking up. And God said, Paul, you need to speak. You need to speak. And, and you can't hold it in. And don't worry. I'm with you. I'm with you. And God will be with you tomorrow as well. Let's have a word of prayer together. And uh, I want to just have a moment tonight of uh, prayer uh, for maybe those whom God has spoken to uh, about uh, some of these pains and maybe, maybe something, maybe tonight as we preach the message that you would say, look, Pastor Shemish, as you preach this tonight, uh, God brought to me that there are things that, or a thing, and I'm not over it yet. And it, it, is, it is hindering me and it's holding me back. And I, and I keep thinking about it. And, and, and I don't want to miss the good things that God is wanting to give me because of this thing in the past. If that's you and you would say, I really want the Lord to deliver me from that and to help me tonight, to, to heal that pain to heal my wounded spirit that I can go forth. If that's you and you felt like the Spirit of God spoke to you tonight, would you raise your hand and let me know that that's you? One, two, three, 
four yes for anyone else like that and I, I just want to tell you that that's been me yes anyone else like that and you felt that that's yes I see because it's it was it's been me and I've needed God to to help me with some things that you know just just were part of my life many many years ago anyone else like that all right we're going to take a time to pray and uh, I want to just uh, pray is anyone here tonight who would say, Pastor, I am not saved. And if I, if I died tonight, I probably am going to go with the place you just talked about. And I don't want to do that. I want Jesus. I want to be saved. I want heaven. And I, will, and I want him to forgive me. Anyone like that would say, I want to trust Christ tonight, this night, as my saviour. If that's you, would you raise your hand? At least look at me so I can see you anyone like that, that you would want to be saved tonight. And you'll know because right now you'll feel an inner voice talking to you saying, you know, you need to do this. This is your chance. If there's anyone like that, I'll pray for you. Okay, let's have a word of prayer together. Father, we thank you for the word of God and, Lord, the demonstration of how much you love us and understand us and understand what we're feeling. And I pray now for these in the church tonight who are struggling with some bad thing that happened to them or in their life some time ago and maybe the event has passed but the woundedness has not passed. And I pray for them tonight, Lord. I pray you would see those who raise their hand. And I'm asking, Lord, tonight for a deliverance from that in Jesus' name. I pray for a healing. And I pray you'd help. I pray that you would uh, bless them with every good thing and give them the enablement to be able to receive it. I pray for the church tonight. I pray for these who will go forth tomorrow that each of us uh, would be bold and willing to, to preach Christ, to tell of the gospel, to, to give a track, to demonstrate care for somebody's soul. Uh, help the church to do that. Help each member to do that. Lord, we love you. We pray you bless. We ask in Jesus' name. Amen.